Welcome back to another episode of the 704 Forecast. I'm your host, Matt Wood. Joining me as always is Wesley Harrison and Corey Adams. Today was the deadline of the NFL um, for, for teams in the NFL to, to place the franchise tag on players. And as you can guess, there's a quarterback in the news as the Baltimore Ravens have placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, as we hinted at as a possibility a couple episodes back. So far, teams have not been hesitant to come out and say that they're not interested in uh, Lamar Jackson at this time, won't pursue him due to either the draft compensation that they have to give up, which at the moment is a minimum of two first-round draft picks, and the hefty contract demands that he'll likely uh, want in discussions and possibly a fully guaranteed deal. So are the owners coming together and kind of bonding and saying, hey, we're not, we don't want guaranteed contracts in the NFL, fully guaranteed deals like the Deshaun Watson one last year? You know, the quarterback market is headed, trending upwards. So we'll see. But as far as we know right now, not expected that the Carolina Panthers will pursue Lamar Jackson, unfortunately. So it looks like all eyes are turning to the NFL draft. Wes and Corey, been an interesting day. How are you guys? Doing pretty good, man. It is, it's been a fun day in the group chat. It's been a fun day on Twitter. And um, I think it's a signal for just kind of how crazy this, this NFL offseason is going to be. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head with, with the Lamar stuff. I mean, for a little bit there, all of us as Panther fans and several other fan bases collectively got a little excited because that, that non-exclusive tag really signals where this is headed. That, that, that doesn't signal that a long-term deal is coming with Baltimore and Lamar. It, it signals that they're ready to move on to me. And then in unison within an hour, hour and a half, two hours at tops, every quarterback needy team that possibly was linked to Lamar came out and said that they weren't going to be pursuing Lamar. I, I, I don't think I saw Indianapolis's name. I think that might be the only quarterback, like super needy quarterback team that I didn't see. But It's uh, like the, uh, the Falcons wasted no time. Three minutes was the time from <laughs> the tag announcement to the time that a article went up on their website to say that they weren't, they weren't interested. What yeah, the hell is so, going on? So it, it, and I think I said to you guys that, that in the group chat that just something didn't sit right with me about how quickly that all came out. And I mean, it's not a coincidence. It's, it's not They're They're making a concerted effort that the Deshaun deal doesn't happen again. Um, and some of the guarantees that have followed the Deshaun deal in, in guys kind of strong arm, arming their teams for extensions haven't been great either. The Kyler deal um, being kind of the, the main one there, but, Hell, Daniel Jones today got four one sixty. I mean, the quarterback market is out of control, and you've got to do something about it. So maybe this is their their attempt at keeping Lamar's guarantee reasonable. Um, I will say, just letting Jackson, letting Jackson, letting Baltimore keep Lamar for and figure this out at like a discounted deal just to, to make that happen feels wrong too. I don't think that's the right way to let this pan out. So I, I don't know what happens, but um, I did take a stab at what I thought a fair Lamar deal would look like if he truly does want to beat Deshaun's guarantee. And I think he should, I think he right now has proven given that Deshaun did sit out a year and a half or whatever it was that he is 
worth more than Deshaun. Um, Deshaun was 5'2", 30, fully guaranteed. Um, so I think for Lamar, you're looking, I would say, 7 to 50. You throw in an option for that eighth year with like a 5 to $10 million buyout. So you end up at somewhere around 8 to 75-ish. Um, and then you give him $25 million in incentives over the course of that eight years to get to 8 300 he hits all his incentives. He hits all his guarantees, all of that. The option you buy, the, you, you don't buy out, but you you exercise that option. He's the second highest quarterback paid to date um, behind Mahomes, just above Allen. Some will pass that. Burrow will pass that. Herbert will likely pass that um, from everything we've seen. But to date, he would be. Um, and uh, that puts us at like – mid thirties a year, which I think you can still build a, a really good team. Around. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on this, on the situation. You, you look at it with, with, yeah. with how the. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you hit it all, all the good points there, Wes, and everything that we've talked about earlier and everything that came out today, it's like, there's so many layers to this and it's going to be an interesting few, you know, upcoming weeks and months, um, depending on how long this thing drags out. I really do find it hard to believe that no one else in the NFL is, is willing to number one front the cash that it's going to take to get Lamar, because when you really break it down, I, I think people like in myself included, when you when you hear 250 million guaranteed, that's like, oh dang, that's that's a lot, and it's really bad on a team. But when you break it down into guaranteed over, you know, five years or six years or whatever we said earlier, I think it was six, and it's only 35 ish a year. I mean, in the long run, with the way quarterback contracts are going, that doesn't that's not that bad. It doesn't hamstring you as much as you would think with the initial number being, you know, 250. Um, so it's just, are you willing to pay that for a, a former MVP who's thrown for 101 touchdowns and contributed another 20 some on the ground? Um, you know, I, I, I just find it hard to believe that there's no team out there that says, Hey, that's worth it to me. So, um, if there isn't a team, if, if, if Lamar ends up back in Baltimore, this was a hundred percent like collusion between the owners to make sure that guaranteed contracts don't happen in the NFL. And I don't know where you go from here. Honestly, I don't know how to fix the situation. I don't know how to make, uh, obviously there's no perfect cap solution. I don't know what model you want to take. Um, but it's a serious I don't want to. I don't want to say an issue. It's a serious topic that that needs to be sorted out between the owners and the NFLPA. So, um, you know, if you tell if you could tell me that tomorrow we could trade nine and next year's first and give Lamar the contract that you just mentioned with like thirty five a year, then I'm one hundred percent doing that ten times out of ten. So I'll propose this. This is this is the hypothetical of the two situations you could 
the two best situations. You give up nine 24s first and 25s first, and you go up and take a stab at one of the three guys. Or you give up nine and 24s first, and you go up or, and you pay Lamar $250 million. And And in the first scenario, you're probably giving up some tertiary picks too, uh, maybe 61, maybe 39, some other, some other stuff thrown in there too. But we'll, we'll leave it at just nine. And the, the other two first, the three firsts to pay a rookie guy for for four years, $40 million with an option, fifth year option for like 18. So it could be five years, $60 million when it's all said and done. Um, or Lamar for eight two fifty for two firsts. That's your, that's your two best scenarios. Pick one. <sighs> Man, oh. that's really putting, putting us on the spot there. <laughs> but you guys, you guys are telling me right now that, that teams that were interested in Derek Carr would not be interested in Lamar Jackson. Right. That's, I mean, Derek Carr got more he, than, he got, more yeah, than four one fifty. He got more per year than what I just laid out for Lamar. And it's Daniel just, Jones got four one sixty. Like that's the funniest thing and, about today is that is that Daniel Jones gets paid before Lamar Jackson does. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if you doubled Daniel Jones's deal, eight three twenty, not all guaranteed, and you just guaranteed that first two fifty, sign me the hell up. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, as much as I've been about, and as much as I want to be about getting a rookie quarterback here on a rookie deal. Um, I think that a couple things about Lamar getting Lamar would entice me. I think it's important to note if you haven't and you don't know, because honestly, before Matt really told me about it, I honestly didn't realize that the difference between an exclusive tag and a non-exclusive tag. And this whole situation has opened it up since they gave him the non-exclusive tag today. It needs to be said over and over again that you're only giving up two first rounds. You're not giving up anything else except for the contract money. So two first round picks for not a not a question mark, not a he could be, not a we believe in this rookie. This is a surefire NFL MVP who has shown what he can do in the NFL with you know i think mark andrews is a really really good tight end he's top five in the nfl tight end probably top three in the nfl tight end but outside of mark andrews there hasn't been a whole heck of a lot in baltimore i like hollywood brown but hollywood brown's not like a you know dominant alpha number one you know he's a pretty good player he's a good number two but lamar hasn't had a whole heck of a lot up in baltimore and has balled and taken them to the playoffs. So you look at the core we have, you add Lamar, and you keep your two twos this year to go get a Dalton Kincaid, to go get a Jalen Hyatt, to go get you know an edge, to go get a, a Josh Downs, to go get a, a weapon to add to this offense, then, yeah, sign me up for that all day, all day long. Um I love this rookie class. I do. We've talked about it, but Lamar really gets my blood my blood flowing. It is worth noting that Baltimore does have, and I think Matt mentioned this, wanting to double check on this earlier today, but Baltimore does have the ability to match anything given. So 
while it does seem like this was like a hey, we just want our two two picks and move on, it it very well could be a hey, go see what you can get and we'll match whatever whatever you can get. Yeah, pretty much like a like an offer sheet in the NBA or or, or for any other sport. So you can structure it however you want to. So you can create kind of like not the full like poison pill clause or poison pill year, but you know you can look at the other team's cap situation in the future and you can figure out how to structure it. Um, to see if you need to front load it, back load it, vice versa. So there, yeah. So there's an extra layer into it. So how you can make it difficult for Baltimore to match? Yeah, but I guess if we're if we're ranking situations or and it's uh, you know another layer to it is like go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. I don't know what happened. Okay, um, but I, I guess if I'm if I'm ranking the scenarios, I go I'm saying I I you know and another layer to it, it's like with the um sorry guys a little bit of technical difficulty there um if I had to rank the scenarios i would go lamar one just given if if the contract looks anywhere near like what we laid out two trade up to one and get your guy whoever you have the conviction on do it um as long as it's not will levis um (laughs) number number three trade up to three and take the leftover of those three guys uh that that are there at the top i think those are my top three scenarios going into the year on what i want to happen with the quarterback situation just taking this lamar thing into account which is not i i didn't think i just have kind of left lamar on the back burner for this for the last several months just not even including him because i really didn't i didn't see it getting to this so um but yeah, I mean, and you got to make a decision here soon because you know if if you're fully on the whole, we're not going to pursue Lamar train, and and that's how the front office feels, and that's fine. But you you have to come to a conclusion rather quickly because if you you know drag your feet in the Lamar situation and get involved later, then you're potentially missing out on trading up with Chicago to get number one, or even as a fallback plan, Arizona at three. You know, you have to have a plan in place here and you have to figure it out very quickly here before I would say weekend um, free agency starts next Wednesday, but I mean, Chicago could agree to a deal in principle and not have to, you know, wait around. I know a trade can't be executed until the start of the league year, which is I think what the 15th. So, you know, you, you, you got to do something and, and, if you're fully out on Lamar, that's fine. Identify who your guy is in the draft and then make that damn trade with Chicago and go up and get him. Yeah, sorry about those technical difficulties. I don't know what happened with my laptop. It went haywire. But um, it's just a crazy situation. What I was going to say is the other layer to it, specifically for the Panthers, is you know David Tepper has already pissed off the NFL owners one time with his contract he gave Matt Rule. Um, coming out of college. Um, so it's like, how short is his leash really with the other NFL owners? If he were to say, you know, screw it, I'm going to give this guaranteed contract to this guy, um, which the owners already made it known they were pissed about what happened with Deshaun. And so now you have 
this situation happening. And it's just, is David Tepper willing to bite the bullet on it and say, yeah, I, and it's fine. Let's give him the money. You know, I don't really care when anybody says I want to win. So, I mean, it's just, it's, there's so many factors to this and it's, it's really going to be fascinating. And these quarterback situations and these NFL off seasons with players knowing their value and demanding this guaranteed money is, is going to be, you know, this isn't the end of it. There's going to be more. So. Yeah. You made a good point there, Corey. I, I think so far this off season, Tepper's put his money where his mouth is and the staff and, you know, saying that, Hey, I want to build a winner here. And, you know, I want to address the quarterback situation this off season and, and have it taken care of for years to come. He's clearly tired of losing. And, and that's why this whole offseason, after seeing the money that he put in on the staff, that I have the belief that they are going to, you know, move up to one, I think ultimately if they can get there and it's not, you know, it's where Chicago just says, no, we're not interested in your best offer. So why would you not, you know, after everybody you've, you've pursued so far, what, what would stop you from going the Lamar route? I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And that's why I think that we're all right here with this whole thing being, you know, collusion. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And I'm not like when it comes to the NFL, like I've never been like all about conspiracy theories and, you know, all that good stuff. But this definitely feels like the owner sending a message. 100%. And who knows what happens. We'll have to wait it out and see. But just from the Twitter reaction from these teams, like Wes said, literally three minutes or three minutes after after the news, that's, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> like Nothing happens that fast in the NFL. Nothing. I know. Uh, switching gears a little bit here, Derek Carr, we just mentioned him earlier. We talked about him last week in, in the last episode about how Carolina had interest. Monday they were set to meet with him, uh, but I guess they applied enough pressure to where the Saints got a deal done before that meeting could happen. Uh, he was the, – well, the early word was that he was leaning towards New York, and I guess they wanted to hold out and wait to see what happens with Rodgers. Uh, so that's another situation. But they ended up getting a deal done with New Orleans. Uh, they signed Derek Carr four years, $150 million. What Quickly, what, what what does that do for you guys? I mean, I know we didn't want him here, but having the Dome, yeah, Carr can put up big numbers in, in passing yardage. But, I mean, is that somebody that we're really going to be worried about in the division for years to come? It's honestly best-case scenario. I, I think it takes them out of – for sure Super Bowl contention and honestly it makes them makes their ceiling just good at best I think um so you get quarterback right this year I think we have a better team around the quarterback and and I think of kind of the four or five options in front of us I think we all prefer all but one of them to that to to car and and some of us probably prefer that last one to car I'm not sure I do but um, he is completely off of my list, but we'll get there later. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to be straight up and honest. Like, I, I, I you know, I do think the Saints are going to be competitive. I think they'll be better than they were last year with Andy Dalton. Um, do I think in the long run that the Saints are going to win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? Uh, you know, no, I, I don't think that. I would, I would definitely take the odds that that's not going to happen. Um, and it's not just because I literally hate the Saints more than probably 
anything in this entire world. Like I, I have an immense hatred for everything that is New Orleans Saints. Um, but I just always feel like every offseason, there's just this like the media and fans and analysts, analysts, they just like there's just like this built-in Saints bias. They are, I fully and consistently feel like they're the most overrated roster bar none in the entire NFL. Like, I mean, I heard people today talking about like, you know, surefire, you know, divisional playoff team. Like, I mean, yeah, dude, they, are they the division favorites right now as of, you know, March 7th? Yes, they have the best quarterback in the NFC South on March 7th. Do I think that they're the best overall team in the division? I don't. I, I don't. I think they have Chris Olave, who is a stud. Um, and then they have, what, the Shahid kid. But, and Marquez Callaway. Yeah. Like I, I mean, and don't forget Taysom, Taysom Hill at, at tight end. You, yeah. you got in, I saw that on the graphic yesterday and that just blows it's wild to me and they they have a good offensive line i'll give them that they do have a good offensive line and but who knows in the alvin Kamara situation who knows if that dude's going to get to play in the nfl for the next couple years you know that that whole legal situation does not look good for him right and so their defense is aging um, I mean, Lattimore's really good. I think Demario Davis is good, but he's getting up there. How how much longer is he going to be able to do it at like a high level? You know, and uh, the dude, and don't even get me started on Cam Jordan. I mean, it, it's I don't know that I just don't I don't understand why they're just consistently like rated as one of the top rosters in the NFL. It just doesn't make sense to me ever, uh, and it 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 won't for a while. I think they have really. They have some good players, um, but you know, I, 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 as far as them walking away with the division, I, I don't think that 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 that's going to happen. I, I feel like if if we hit on a rookie quarterback, or if we got if we got Lamar, dude, we now yeah, like we will walk the floor with him twice. But even with a rookie quarterback, I feel like we'll split most more than likely. But uh, you know, it'll be competitive with a rookie quarterback. I mean, I like our situation better, to be honest with you. I mean, we're not paying a 32-year-old quarterback who couldn't make it in Las Vegas slash Oakland, which, I mean, I credit to him. Sure, that's a tough situation. But I, I wouldn't want to be paying him four years, $150 million to come in here and and be my quarterback. I would rather take a stab at a rookie quarterback with the supporting cast that we have versus paying him to come in here and – Hope to God that you got it right. Uh, and then, like the last thing I'm going to say on Derek Carr until next offseason or until next season when we play them twice is I don't, I think Derek Carr is a fine quarterback. I think he is. I would say in the top half. All right, he's not a and even on his best days he's not in the top ten. But you know he, he's a good solid quarterback. He's a good person by all accounts. So great. But you're a New Orleans Saints now, so it's fade on site. Like, screw you. I hate you. But I'm I, I'm so glad that Derek Carr is not here. No matter what would have happened next year with the division or anything like that, their ceiling is the divisional round and taking a divisional round loss. That is their ceiling with Derek Carr. 
you got to have faith that Dennis Allen is actually their the right guy to be leading that team too. And I'm not sure that he he makes it another two years. I mean, I know that they've got the connection with each other with Carr and Allen, but you know, I don't. Dennis Allen is a fine defensive coordinator, a great defensive coordinator. But as far as a head coach go, that's a different story. And you know, I don't know if he's going to be there to see this car contract all the way through. Yeah, Dennis Allen is not a good head coach. We knew he wasn't a good head coach in Oakland. And I had, you know, unlike with Frank Reich, like you never, you didn't see a path for, for him to be successful. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't like, oh, this was great. No, he just isn't a good head coach. Too bad they don't have that all-star coaching staff down there in for, in Atlanta, down there in, in New Orleans. <laughs> 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 sorry sorry the 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 twitter shots on this podcast uh i said great but well i mean and the roster i mean just look at that roster up and down like there that's a good roster too dude uh they i mean you know if you want to call it that and i i don't i i, I would hesitate to look and see what their defense was ranked last year but sure it wasn't high, it wasn't high. Uh, sure. If, in case anyone didn't catch it in my voice, I was being sarcastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've got the easily the upper hand on the coaching staff across the the whole division, like it, pretty, like pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, it clears everybody in the division. I mean, clears. Oh God! Uh, switching gears a little bit. <laughs> I was about to say you've gotten I, off track from Lamar. I know where I know where it was going. Switching gears a little bit. Let's let's touch on uh, one Panthers move before we look at the combine and Anthony Richardson going absolutely nuclear this past weekend, as expected. Um, but the, the Panthers are finally below the, the the cap, so we are cutting Damian Wilson. Underperformed this past season. He signed a two year deal, had one year remaining on it, uh, so cutting his salary, which will save us roughly about $3 million, which will put us somewhere below $1 million below the salary cap. So as far as that goes, next possible moves that you're looking at, you're looking at uh, a potential Pat L flying cut. That would save roughly $4 million. Uh, DJ Moore restructured. That can give you anywhere up to $20 million. I'm not sure the exact figure. Likely you could do the same thing with Taylor Moten, although that gets a little risky with kicking the can further down the road on his deal. Um so I don't know if that'll happen or not. It's been hinted at, but we'll see. And Shaq Thompson. I mean, we've talked about it before, but $13 million likely going to approach him, see if he'll take a pay cut. Shaq has said that he'll do whatever it takes to end up retiring here as a Panther. So got a chance to put his money where his mouth is on this one. If not, then he's just going to be cut. And that's going to clear up another $13 million. So we can go roughly from a million dollars in cap space going into free agency to somewhere around 30 million rather quickly. And that's not taking into account any other restructures or any other cap casualties cuts. So, I mean, we could be in a good spot here by next Wednesday. Yeah. I, I, I think it's the, the first move in the right direction. I think we've, we hinted last week at some of the other cap moves that we think could come some of the big ones. Um, and, and so no need to rehash that, but I think, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be in a good spot. And the the carryover from last year de- definitely helps, and and um, a lot of draft picks to. Well, I mean, right now we have a lot of draft picks to build that depth and and just make a couple key signings with that 
space you make. So should be good. Definitely. Um, I, you know, I, there's going to be more cuts. There's going to be three structures. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. They have a lot of work to do in the, in the coming weeks to get ready and ramp up for free agency uh, next week. So um, I expect more to happen probably before the weekend. So keep those Twitter notifications turned on. Yeah, I think the only thing I, that could happen that I didn't mention was a potential Brian Burns extension. We talked about it before, but that's something that could happen in, uh, later on down the road in the offseason, which I wouldn't be surprised if it does. I mean, you get that thing taken care of, and then you've, I guess, shored up one of your defensive anchors on, on that side of the ball. Could be some surprise cuts. They do have a, the possibility of cutting Zane Gonzalez if they can reach an extension with Eddie Pinheiro. That'll save a little bit of money. If they can't, then who knows if they stay with Zane. We'll see what happens there. Don't really think there's anybody else that could potentially be cap casualties. I haven't had a chance to really look at the full list as far as savings versus June 1st, but it'll be interesting to follow between now and Wednesday. Um, when we get back, we'll talk about the NFL Combine and the freakish numbers that Anthony Richardson put up. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. With the NFL season ending, what better time now than to get in on the NBA action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, place a same-game parlay for any NBA game. Even if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last few days, you've seen Anthony Richardson on your TV at some point. And Corey made this point last week. I told (laughs) y'all. Said that it was going to start. And we talked about how this guy was going to put up some freakish numbers, and I'll be damned if he didn't. A 40-inch vertical, uh, which set a combine record for a quarterback. He broke or set the uh, quarterback record for broad jump, and he also ran a 4-4-40. The guy, I mean, he tested better than Cam Newton, and Cam Newton had the highest quarterback uh, testing score before then. So we we knew this. This is no surprise. This is what we expected to see coming. And now you're starting to see that uh, that hype. You know, now you're starting to see. Previously, it was is Anthony Richardson a you know top half of the first round uh, quarterback, and then now it's top ten. Now it's as five. He's getting thrown around there at Seattle, and the Panthers need to move up to get him. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised and, and and say I didn't see this coming because we did. We knew this would happen. And now the hype's starting to catch up, and Will Levis has kind of fallen into that quarterback four. And it seems like he's kind of the darling of the combine. He interviewed well, tested well, showed off his arm uh, in the throwing session. I mean, are are we going to be not far off where Anthony Richardson's in the conversation to go number one? I think there's going to be smoke of that for the remainder of the what month and a half is that what is that what we got? Yeah, just short, uh, just got just got two yeah. months, almost yeah. two months. So 
I think you're going to see that smoke. I think a lot of it will depend on who makes that trade up to one. Uh, like, let's say Indy makes that trade up to one, and you, you've—I I think I've seen a lot of Stroud smoke with Indy, and, and so maybe, maybe that's not necessarily who you're thinking. But like, we make that move up to one. I've seen smoke with Stroud. I've seen smoke with Richardson. Hell, I've even seen smoke with Levis for us. That, but so um, I. I think a lot of that depends on who makes that move up to one. Um, if, if Houston makes the move up to one, uh, I, I don't think you see any AR um, speculation there. I think, I think Bryce has been, been the, the, the name there the whole time. So it'd be interesting, but I, I think the numbers and the deliverables are there for that. But I, I think it does depend on who gets there to one. Right. And I, I think the one thing that is for sure that came out of this combine weekend is you can't sit at nine and expect to get any of the four. I mean, bottom line, yeah, it's not going to happen. So, um, you know, I hope they're working the phones over on Mint Street because you're going to have to move up to get any of the four. I mean, any of them, you know, there was a time where we thought you could sit at nine and, and get Richardson and that people would call it a reach. But now that is long gone way past. And, you know, you look at those numbers, you look at those freak, just freak numbers and you look at him on the field throwing the ball and yeah, he sprayed some high, but you know, he was killing it in things that people told me he couldn't do. Like, um, I don't know if you, if you're out there and you, can go on YouTube and watch, just watch him on the slant routes, watch him on the, the intermediate stuff over the middle. Um, the only things he was really high on were those, um, you know, outs and comebacks. Um, and it's something that's coachable. And then you may ask yourself, well, what does all these athletic numbers have to do with playing quarterback? And yeah, that you're right. It doesn't have anything to do with reading the defense or, or, or throwing the ball, but, when you have those elite athletic traits, you tend to be able to do things that other people can't, and you tend to be able to receive coaching that other people might not be able to do. And you've you've hired this staff of, of developmental guys, specifically on the quarterback side. If that doesn't excite you, what we saw on Lucas Oil Field on Saturday, then you know, I don't know what to tell you because that is – everything that you want that's everything that you can project to to be in that like I said and I've been saying it for a month now that top three quarterback in the NFL that that's what that projects to be and that's what teams get excited about the potential of I mean it is buying a lottery ticket it is a 100% buying a lottery ticket there's no guarantee but put the onus on your coaches you can see a path where they'd say hey let's put the onus on this all-star coaching staff we brought in and let's take a chance on the guy who has the most potential in this draft class. Now, I don't think that Anthony Richardson goes one, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, right. if, you're, if you're betting on the guy with the highest upside, then then this is your guy. And I think there, at some point you have to say his he, he doesn't have a low floor because of all the intangibles and his athletic ability that he does bring. But like right away, you know you're getting a dual-threat quarterback – you know, this is a guy who can give punishment. He can he can run. He can lower the shoulder shoulder. He can get you those, you know, that that critical first down with his feet. I mean, for all the knocks on him out there with his receiving core and you know his accuracy last year, 
the the guy I'm about to say, I'm very high on. We all know this, but his floor is the season that Fields put up last year. Well, if you give him, if you give him the receivers that, like, say Justin Fields had in college, or you know, you swap places with him and put him with with CJ. I mean, or or shit. I mean, even Bryce. I mean, if you put him with with those type of receivers, then I want to know like what type of year could he have put up, yeah. you know, with all things included. Or yeah. put him in, put him in that offense. Put him with Ryan Day. Put him with, you know, not yeah. Billy Napier, and <laughs> and see what happens. I mean, that's you know, and and I know the same argument can be made for Levis, but I think that one of the most telling things about the combine for me was. You know, Levis was supposed to be this freak of nature athlete too, and he wasn't bad, but he wasn't like he he had the same velocity on his ball as Stetson Bennett. Hey, he's, he's, he's a, got a he's got a cannon. That's why he wanted he to the come same, out there. And he let me say that again. He had the same velocity on his ball. Was measured at the combine. All of them measured it. He had the same velocity. Will Levis the same velocity as Stetson Bennett. While we're, six, by the way. while we're on that topic, did y'all see that he pulled up on his 40 and didn't even finish it? Y'all seen the conspiracy, conspiracy around all that shit? That he didn't want teams to ask him to play wide receiver. <laughs> and that's why he did it. That's why he dogged it. No, nah, because you can't tell me he didn't jog that shit at the end. That was that was pretty obvious. I was shocked at the number, regardless of if he jogged or not. I thought that was pretty fast i did not expect to see that it was what four seven it's like a four six eight four six nine he's the same age as lamar jackson <laughs> i'm not we're not we're not we're not advocating to draft him <laughs> no, no 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 this is more of a, a that's a, a will levis that was is. that's just a friendly reminder for anybody out there who's on on the stetson bennett wagon but no i i just yeah i i i, I don't i'm not saying will levis had a bad combine it just he did not test. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, he a, I will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he's a guy. He, he, you know, his whole thing was it's like, well, you know, why are you here? It's like I, I got a cannon. I'm mean, like, why are you going to throw? And he said, I got a cannon. Of course, I want to show it off. And then, yeah, he's, he he threw it 60, 70 yards in the air, and he's overthrowing or underthrowing those guys, and it's not accurate. I mean, Anthony Richardson threw a, threw a better deep ball than he did. I just, I don't know. I I just think that like. The setup was great for Levis, and he underperformed. I mean, especially on like the deep ball stuff, but in the intermediate, yeah, I mean, that's just it's easy for him. And I mean, again, you look at you look at um, something else to come out of the combine. Um, my boy Bryce was over two hundred and four pounds. He was two hundred and four pounds. Okay, I was told he wouldn't be over one hundred and ninety. That mask is paying off. He would be, and he would be wonderfully lucky if he was one ninety five. And he, my boy, came in at two hundred and four pounds. He, he's he got weights in his shoes. Five ten. That sh- that sh- that shit he took right after weigh in must have been glorious. <laughs> Dude, big, big carb load. If, if, if anybody thinks that Bryce Young is going to play at two hundred and four pounds, then I have some oceanfront property in you know Arizona to sell you because I, he's not going to do that. Okay, but for now. From now on and forever, Bryce Young is 5'10 and 1'8 and 204 pounds. It doesn't matter. He's that forever, okay? He, he made his way. It, it happened at the combine. It's done. Um, but I would say in, in, in watching the combine, he made a very smart decision to not throw 
because they go alphabetically and it would have been GM seeing CJ Richardson and like Levis, CJ and Richardson all throw right before him who are all like significantly bigger than him. And if there was any doubt in the mind that would have just like solidified it. So shrewd move by Bryce and his team to wait into the pro day. Yeah. And I mean, they, they, Everyone knew the height was going to be what it was. It, it, it was going to be short. The weight – his playing weight is going to be more like 195, but he he got up. He put on some some weight for this. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Bryce Bryce didn't hurt himself. I think Bryce is, at this point, solidified going one or two. Yep. So, I, I think if he's still there at two, Houston is going to nab him unless they move up to one. So, And, like, I know they were bouncing around a little bit, but – if you got a chance, I've watched the interviews as well. I'm not – I swear to God, like, I'm not just bashing Will Levis, but, like, and when you look at the difference in C.J. Stroud's interview and Will Levis's interview, like, Will Levis – I don't know. He, I don't want to say he seemed – he seemed – I don't want to say he seemed nervous, but – I could just tell he was more coached in a negative way than than CJ was. CJ's was one of the best interviews on the podium of the weekend. It was great. Um, I didn't like Levis's interview. He came off as like I don't know. He just came off fake. <laughs> strong, strong Matt Rule vibes in his interview. So, um, and I'm judging a you know a 20 year old kid. I, I shouldn't be. Well, he's 24, right? He wants to be the greatest of all time. I don't know. I'm just – I didn't I didn't like it. Now, CJ's on the other hand, that young man, I think he just did every single thing right at the combine the entire weekend. And you watch him throw, and it's just like we talked about. It's just like everybody's talked about, just effortless perfection. He is the best thrower in the class. Uh, yeah, he's a stud, so he's going to be successful. Yeah, I think CJ did went there and solidified everything, all the positive momentum he had coming out of the um, college football playoff. He solidified it, whatever anyone thought about him. If they thought he was the number one guy, he solidified that this weekend. Um, if they thought he was two behind Stroud or two, two behind Bryce, um, because I mean, like we've all said, the, the tape's there for Bryce. If they thought that he was two behind Bryce, he probably stayed there. Um, I, I don't think – I still don't think – I think it was enough to keep him ahead of, of of AR for most teams. Some teams may take that that chance. But but CJ, for me, stayed as my QB1 throughout this. Anthony Richardson stayed as my QB2 throughout all this. And, and Bryce stayed at QB3. So – Levis firmly planted himself in not on my list. So, did y'all see the the picture? I guess picture, but you see when the cameras cut to Scott, Dan, Frank, and Josh McCown in the stands watching the quarterbacks. Oh yeah, man! Just wouldn't have been nice to just be able to sit in on that. And you, you can just in my mind, all I hear is is Josh McCown breaking down. Will Levis and C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce on uh, Josh Norris uh, scheme. That's all. I just that voice is is all I'm picturing in my head. Yeah, I mean, and you know, Josh, 
Josh broke them down and he put it out there for the world to see. And I, I know they're going to do more in-depth stuff, but I mean, at least you have somewhat of a baseline off to go off of and a little bit of an insight more so than you normally get into these conversations because, you know, he's was very upfront, honest about his evaluations of each of the quarterbacks in the class. So, you know, at least you have an idea of what one voice in the room is, is probably saying. So, um, I hope they steer in his direction. <laughs> well, and, and by all accounts, too, um, that I've seen so far with a, a, a couple sources here is that the the college football playoff solidified Shroud in Tepper's mind as the guy. I've seen that more than once by different names. So uh, take that with a grain of salt, whatever. Um, but – and I've also seen that Levis is um, certainly Reich's guy. So, whatever. Well, yeah. I, 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 and I'm going to say this again. I think I, I, I don't see how you guys feel about the situation. If it's Bryce or Stroud, like you have to go to number one, right? Yes. If you have a conviction about yeah. either one, I don't care which one, you go to one. You don't hope that someone else takes Richardson or Levis at one or two. You have to get to one if you have a conviction about either one. And I'd, I'd argue that if you have the convict, that same conviction about Anthony Richardson, just get the one. Don't leave any question of going to three and somebody else falling in love with Anthony and knowing you're going to take, they think you're going to take him at three because that's what would make sense. You move to three. Oh, then that means they're going to just take it. Anthony Richardson, let him fall in their, their laps. Then if someone else loves Anthony Richardson, they'll try and get ahead of you somehow. So I, I, I think you, you just do it. Whoever your guy is, just do it one yeah if it's cj or Bryce, you, Bryce that you want then you got to go to one because the other one's gone at two um if indianapolis trades up for one to get cj bryce has gone right behind him to houston and i think the whole time like i've been prepared to give up uh whatever it takes to get to one like i don't yeah getting to three is fine but like that's it you're gonna be stuck at three i mean i saw the double trade back like chicago could trade back with houston to two and then uh, I think Jonathan Jones said that uh, that today that we could trade up uh, to two with Chicago makes things completely complicated, but you got to get up to one because two at, at the moment is not available and won't be available. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think in me, like if they move up to one, then I, I mean, I think that CJ's their guy, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed with, with either of the top two in this class. I'll say that, but I think that, CJ is their guy because we haven't heard anybody say anything about Bryce as far as what the team thinks about him. I mean, Scott had some comments in his combine presser about, you know, what he thought about him as a player, but there's been nothing out there as far as, Hey, Panthers like Bryce Panthers or I'm Bryce. That's their guy. Like there hasn't been any of that. And so to me, that's just like, okay, you know, is, is, are they even considering, you know, him in the, you know, the top two, top three, or it's, it's the only thing we've heard is just Stroud and, and Levis. But on the sideline that one time, he, uh, the, the, the GM said that, that Bryce Young was really good. Sweet. It's awesome. <laughs> Yo, y'all are great. <laughs> I, I, as, you know, if, the Twitter is a Twitter is a magnificent place. Hashtag sauces. Chris Broussard. Sources. 
Oh, me. Uh, all right, back to the combine. Anything else, any notables, any takeaways from you guys? Uh, wide I, receivers, notably, I'm sure. I got, I, I got something to say here, man. Everybody that didn't have JSN as their number one receiver just got proven to show just how wrong they were. And I, I don't think there's a chance in the world he makes it past 12. And um, he, he should – be number one receiver off the board if a team makes a mistake and doesn't, but he proved that at the combine. Quentin Johnson did did not do what what he needed to, and and really none of them did. Addison didn't. Um, not that Hyatt was in consideration for wide receiver one by any means, but he had an underwhelming performance, um, which kind of makes me actually glad because I hope that means he falls to us somewhere because I still still like his tape. Um, but overall, it was a pretty bad wide receiver combine from everything I saw um, up there at the top. So, yeah. But other than JSN, I think he showed out, balled out. I was going to say that that when you mentioned Addison, like he tested so poorly. And then I thought it was funny that right after people were clowning him on Twitter and saying, like, hey, you know, is the stock taking a hit? He pulls out and, and cites an injury. And then same thing for Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt after he ran a 4-440 instead of, like, a 4-3 or 4-2, like a lot of people expected. Same thing, pulled out of drills, uh, citing injury. So I just thought that was interesting. Don't know if that's, you know, agents grabbing their guys and saying, hey, shut it down for the day and we'll run again at your pro day or, or, or if it was actually an injury. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and you know, I I do want to get a little bit more in depth in upcoming podcasts on on other prospects. Um, but a couple things, just some high points. Um, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba has has been at least mine and Wes's in this podcast's number one receiver for a while now, um, and he did nothing but solidify that. But um, Man, this is a good corner group. It's re- it's really the strength of the draft, and um, some some you know, and it, it it you could argue it's a need, but you know, it's probably not something that we're going to end up drafting. But that's unfortunate because it's a really there's a there's a really good crop of of guys in this class. Um, Christian Gonzalez is going to be a stud. Um, he had a great combine, and um, some somebody who again has no chance of coming to the Panthers, but really blew me away was um, the Van Ness kid from Iowa who was a hockey player. He, he was putting up the same, almost like within hundreds of a second measurables as Trayvon Walker last year (laughs) as this like six, five freak white dude (laughs) from (laughs) Iowa. (laughs) So, I mean, it was pretty cool to see. And then Jack Campbell. Yes, sir. uh, the linebacker dude from Iowa, he is going to be a bona fide stud. Um, yeah, it, and it would not, uh, you know, I've been. We're not going to spend high on linebacker. We're not going to spend high on 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 any of that. But it, it, if we walked away with, with Jack Campbell in this draft class, you know, that would be like I would freaking do a backflip because that kid's is a is a freaking freak. So. Um, Super impressed by those two guys, um, and there's some more names I've got stored in the in the good old QE that uh, in the good old Q that uh, we can talk about on upcoming pods. So um, I enjoyed the combine; it was a good watch for four days. 
wait till Panthers fans finds out who uh, Jack Campbell's been training with. <laughs> he, I, uh, he's, I love the kid. <laughs> I, I, mean, I wish we were uh, in a better, different situation. I no, if it, if it was, right? Because, like, everything lines up. The guy trains has been training with Luke. Uh, you know, it's a position, obviously, but we're just not in the situation where we can take him. And he's yeah. not going to fall there to the second. Unfortunately. Unfortunately not. So that's, but that's what happens at the combine, you know, is like people that you project early on is like second rounders, maybe third rounders. I mean, you know, the, you, you test them and, you know, we, we have just a limited view. We have what we have on YouTube uh, as far, as far as games go. And we have what the media is speculating. And that, that's really it. You have to make your own conclusions and then you get to the combine and really see them. And none of it really matters to, None of what we think really matters to the NFL GMs, but yeah, you see guys and that test the way they do and films the way they is, yeah, and it's like, man, that Jack Campbell in the second was a a pipe dream. Not that interested in it in, in in the fifteen in the teens is a pipe dream. So and and not to bring up an an old an old uh, draft love of mine, but a guy that was mocking around like one forty last year that went in the first round. Yeah, Cole Strange, Cole Strange baby, Strange. Cole Strange, Senior right. Bowl, Cole Strange. Yep, that I I, I wanted a, I wanted a, some Strange on the Panthers. I, that's I, I did so, um, but I mean it happens every year. There is a guy that you're that you mock to yourselves second, third round that you're like, man, I really like that guy. I'd love for him us to get him, and and he fall he ends up being like a late first round pick every single year. It's a it's a wild time, man. It is a mystery. It is a mystery game. But, man, I love it. At least we're operating out of a tunnel this year. Like, we, we know where we're going. We just don't know who it's going to be. So, I will say, like, that does take a little bit of the intrigue out of it, you know, with like we typically do, broadening, broadening like the players and position groups that we're looking at. We're kind of doing breakdowns. Like, last year, for example, we were – you know, looking at several different areas, including quarterback, which we spent a lot of time at, but then ultimately, you know, line. And I think we were all kind of in agreement that either Evan Neal or Icky in the first round. This year, we were what? Four, it's four guys, realistically, where you can take in the in the first round, and that's what's going to be. So, yeah, the thought process is a little bit different for where's, but still, it's it's a, it's a fun time. And I mean, uh, one of the guys that I noticed this past week was was Chase Brown from Illinois. He had that crazy. Uh, truck in the senior bowl and then he comes out of uh out of indianapolis this week and test really well so i'm in how his hype does you know running backs being a, a not a high commodity these days at least not on the open market that's for sure and it's also tough this year for us because we don't know what we're going to have to give up to move up so we don't know yeah if you don't know how it looks if we're even going to have a second round pick yeah hopefully we have two so hopefully we end up with at least one after a trade up, but you know, that's tough not knowing where we're going to be picking in those, you know, all important second and third rounds. Hopefully, hopefully there's not a, we don't lose a third round or two, but um, once, once that trade happens, cause I'm going to ask you guys this too. This trade has to happen probably like, as soon as possible, I would Some, say. Someone else besides the the Bears will own pick number one within two weeks. By Wednesday. 
Yeah, that, that's within – that's a week-ish. You're saying by Wednesday, that's Matt? That's where I'm at. Nope. And you're yeah, I, I, say, I say a week. If, if, if Ryan Poles is coming out and saying that he knows he can get two firsts from the next two drafts, who else is going to give that up that's, that's ahead of us? Nobody. So it's either us or below us, which is the mystery team that I talked about. So it's it's Colts, us, and a mystery team. I think that's where it's at. And in Indianapolis, you know, the article with Person, I, th- I think he was the one who wrote it, but said that, you know, he'll get a phone call. Ryan Poles is getting phone calls. And, you know, some teams were hesitant to meet the floor of his asking, and then the other ones had no problem at all. So I think that kind of tells you it's it's not a, a wide variety of teams. It's, you know, we're down to two or three here, and he's not going to be rushed, but if he's – he got that offer and next Wednesday. I mean, I think that I think it happens pretty soon. Yeah. And like to tie it in and like the Derek Carr news happening, I think it only heightens that for, for us and on our end with the Panthers, because I mean, I mean, there's no choice now. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're going to have a really hard time selling this fan base on, one of the free agent quarterbacks that's still out there. Like, a, I mean, sure, Jacoby Brissett could come here and and hold the fort down while you develop a rookie, but you can't – you're not bringing in a free agency guy to start a whole year and not doing anything in the draft and having happy fan base. It's not going to happen. You've got to do this. That leads me into the question I was going to kind of take us out of this conversation with. Um, do you see – Anyone besides those five people at QB that that we that the obvious five that could happen any so the four the four rookies in the first round those four probably top ten pick rookies and Lamar anyone else that's you a remote can, possibility you can throw Sam and you can throw Matt Corral in there just because as I, as, I QB, as, QB, it, right? as QB one on opening on opening week. There, there's paths to them. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I, th- I think like nightmare scenario. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Nightmare scenario, and not Philip Rivers. Right. So, nightmare scenario. You, somebody else. There's a dark horse team that's not Indianapolis, and they trade up to one. Okay, this is all wild speculation, but they trade up to one for a quarterback, and it pushes the Bears out of it. And then you have the Jalen Carter situation that screws everything up. And so Houston takes their quarterback at two. Arizona is like, okay, Jalen Carter's not, you know, we're not taking Jalen Carter. The last defensive stud left is Will Anderson. We'll take Will Anderson. We're not moving it. Indy takes a quarterback at four. And then you have a gauntlet of teams that could possibly take a quarterback. You have Seattle at five. Um, I don't think Detroit in that situation takes quarterback, but then you've still got to clear Las Vegas and Atlanta. And who knows, one of them takes a quarterback. Now you're left with nothing. I, you know, in that situation, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to, you know, see who all else went, but in that situation, you're going to be forced to kind of go BPA. And, you know, I, like you said, man, I think there's a situation where Sam Darnold, like, if you want, okay. Let me throw a name at you. Like, okay, we all know that it's a fire sale in Tennessee. You know, you've got Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> That's an option. It's a terrible option, but it's an option. You got Ryan Tannehill. Marcus Mariota just got cut. There's another option. 
<laughs> this is terrible. This is god awful. <laughs> Frank Reich's main squeeze, Carson Wentz. He's out there. So, I mean, just look at the market. Like, I'd, I'd rather the upside bet on that than I would Sam, um, and let him compete. Let let Wentz compete with Corral. I mean, I, to be a hundred percent honest, and at that point, I would prefer for Corral to win it because you're not giving Wentz a big deal anyway. But there's also Jameis. I, I, if I think if 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 hands like you know feet to the fire, no like gun to my head, as a pick from that, I'm definitely picking Jameis like all day twice on Sunday because at least he's entertaining and at least he throws the ball like downfield. We might get us another thirty thirty season, boys. Right. I, I mean, it would be fun to watch. If nothing else, it would be, you know, I would be, I would, you know, we we get the Jameis workout videos to look forward to. Um, we get some interesting post conferences and podium talks. Uh, it, it would be fun at least if nothing else, it would be fun to watch. We eating some W's out here, boys. You've got the saints revenge narrative going on. Like, I mean, yeah, that would be, do you realize how pissed off this fan base would be if they had to watch Jameis <laughs> next season after we, from, after we just sat through. Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> BJ Walker, and we're and we're being connected with Derek Carr and these top draft names, and we end up not with Will Levis, <laughs> not with Anthony Richardson. We end up with Jameis Winston leading the Carolina Panthers. Hey, I say, how strong are you? We say too strong. The guy who warmed up in full uniform for a game he was suspended, bruh, to try to sneak on the field. That's hey, he was just trying to go through the motions, go through the routine. Drew Brees is out there, you know, licking his hands like he was going to get the ball, and he had to stand on the sideline. I mean, but we yeah. haven't we we haven't had a full have we had a full season of LASIK Jameis and as a starter? No, no. I, and, I mean, I, the ooh. last time, the last time that he had a full season was what the the year he put up 40. 30, 30. Yeah, 30-30. And he started off really strong in New Orleans before he got hurt. Remember? I mean, he, he, did, he was he, did. he was throwing he threw like four TDs on the opening day versus the Packers. But I think it, it that that joking brings us to a very, very, very solid and very true point. You've got to go up. You have you have no option. They can lie, they can coach speak us to death, they can say all the PC answers that they're gonna say. You have no other option but to go up in this draft. A trade's coming. It's got to at this point. Like, it's not even the fact of, like, how things are shaping out. It's, okay, so five. It, it, it's Seattle signed Geno. But then now it's, you know, we feel connected to these quarterbacks in this draft. You know, we're, there's a chance that we could take one and develop them. So that's a right. spot for Anthony Richardson. Said that he interviewed well there. It's a spot that he – uh, like the most six with Detroit. Dan Campbell's coming out here and saying that, hey, you know, we don't necessarily have to take a quarterback, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to. So there's either coach speak or at least the threat of a possibility. And then you never know what Vegas is going to do. You don't know what Atlanta is going to do. And then there's us. So it sucks because those five, four teams in front of us are, I mean, they're not making it easy for us. Okay. Vegas, you saying Vegas literally just threw something into my head. If nightmare scenario happens, who I would want us to pursue is Jimmy Garoppolo. 
I think that would be the best option should nothing else happen. And he's linked to Vegas with McDaniel. So, but if you don't get any of those guys, I would, I would say Jimmy Garoppolo would be my choice. That's the best remaining name out there, but I'm not even sure. I, I mean, the money's not the money's going to be higher than any of the other names we mentioned. I'm just picturing yeah. Teddy Bridgewater back there when I when I hear that. Fine. Well, so there's a there's a wild card in this whole discussion too, and I'm not sure he ever plays another down of competitive football. But um, Tua, what are they doing there? Now they're not pursuing any quarterback options this offseason is what ESPN reported today. So I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I I, I don't. I don't know I mean, if, if Tom will come back. That's happened already, too. I mean, who, who had that on their bingo sheet? Tom Brady, rumors coming back uh, already. I mean, <laughs> it's already happened. Like, yeah, it, just – just pack it in, Tom. Just go away. I mean, they already lost a draft pick for him, so might as well try it again. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, a, that's a good point about Tua, though. Like, you know, if he has another concussion, that's is that it? It has to – like, someone – if he does have another one, someone needs to step in and be like, hey, buddy, it's, it's probably time. And, yeah. And this is not the right time to say this. Very insensitive. I didn't think Tua has been all, all that great anyway, like as a quarterback. Um, I don't think he has been, concussions aside. So I think this just will expedite their moving on. Um, because with that team around him, he should have been way better than he was. I think they had some high points. I think that they were. I, I mean, and I liked Tua. I, I said going into the year that if they were going to move on from him and, like, I'll take him when, when the Brady talk happened last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just – I don't think he's really met that. I really, I really don't. I like Tua coming out. I, I had Tua above Herbert. I mean, that's not really saying much pre-draft, but still, I mean, I, I think Tua's a good quarterback. I mean, he's just had some crap luck with the, the injuries and the concussions, so – I mean, at the end of the day, I, th- I feel like he still sticks in Miami, and I think he's their quarterback moving forward. Um, but it's just, once again, it just shows you, like, I guess how tough it is to actually get the quarterback situation stable for a long time. You know, you might you might have the right guy, but, you know, injuries and things like that pop up. There's a lot, a lot of it's luck, too. Yeah, but you just got to trust your evaluation. And, dude, another layer to this, another layer to this, yet another layer to this is, like, people will listen to us speak about you have to go up and you have to do it soon and think, well, you're just, like, impatient fans. Like, you just want to see something, some action. But what they have to understand is Indianapolis is probably more than likely maneuvering for the same thing that you're maneuvering for. If you go up, if you don't go up, to one and you don't do it soon, like you're running the risk of getting your, you know, getting the third pick of the, of the ones that you want. And you, if you have a conviction on a guy, there's no, 
I mean, I'd probably say that Indianapolis is going Stroud or Young. Houston's going one of those two. So, I mean, who knows? Are they that convicted on Anthony Richardson that three's enough? So, you, if you don't do this, if you don't make this decision and you don't do it, like, now, <laughs> like, as soon as possible, you're going to run the risk of getting not your first option, not your second option, but possibly your third option. And then it's like we just traded up for our third option. So why not just do it? Just go to one and get your pick. But what do we know? We're just three guys that don't get paid to run an NFL team. Right. I mean, it just makes too much sense to me. It just makes too much sense to me. And I'm not the only one, and I'm not the only person – you know, there's been people with blue check marks all over the place that have said the same thing I just said. Um, it's the thought. So, um, I'm, I'm anxious. I, I, I would, I was hoping. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, Joe Person said it, um, Mike K said it that he, they both feel like it's leaning towards a trade up. So, I just want to see some action. I want it to happen so bad. <laughs> Now, to the point that, that Matt made, and if David Tepper, if you're listening and you want to change that, hit, hit our line. Because, sure. uh, um, I mean, we're, we're pretty we, – we, we know what we're talking about a little business. bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll be I there would, tomorrow. Yeah, I would honestly do it for $30,000 a year. I mean, he's Martin. pretty he's pre, he's pretty rich. Don't 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 undersell a slit thing. Let's make his pocket hurt a little bit. <laughs> I'll do it for less than Matt Rule's buyout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he made the call. While, he 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 made the call while Matt was in uh, in office, but I said I wouldn't work with that clown. So here we are. I I burned that bridge already. Yeah. Oh, sad day on the pod. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, I don't want to sit here and move up to three when one's a realistic option. And this franchise has never made that big draft splash, like that big draft move up. We just haven't had it. And if you get the quarterback situation right, which we've talked about, that's like the thing that's missing and has been for the last couple of years. So we're already pissing away time. But if you get it right, then fuck them picks. Right. It, it doesn't mean anything. You, you're you young. We're going to be in a great situation with the salary cap. You have your quarterback. You have him on a rookie deal. It lines up to where you can spend and you can go for it early on with this staff. And while we have this staff in place, because it's not going to last for very long, you can actually make a realistic uh, run at this thing and doing something and building the future and building a contender uh, and just keep filling in those coaching positions that you do that you do eventually lose to head coaching opportunities because of the success success here. Yep, and it's like it's it's just precarious because you know you've got an owner in Jim Ursay who. I think we all can agree is a billionaire, but it's not in the right frame of mind ever. I mean, that dude is just listen to him speak. And it's like, you know, very unstable. And he's had to sit through a similar situation as we have, you know, with quarterback retreads. And he's probably fed up with it too. So, you know, Ballard's ass is on the line right now to get this right. And there's pressure there. So, you know, you, you got to make a move, man. Yeah. And, and, or you're going to miss out. And, man, I don't want to miss out. 
I, I, I just re I really don't want to miss out because we've talked about next year already. And if y'all think that this quarterback class is going to cause a stir and a feeding frenzy and it's going to cost a lot of picks, next year's quarterback class is going to cost, you know, unless that team that's number one is needs a quarterback, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be impossible to get up. So you look at the picks. People keep saying three first-round picks. It's not three first-round picks. It's a pick swap and two first-rounders. Do it. Do it. If you believe in your front office, you can believe that they can find players in the second through seventh rounds. That's what they're to get paid for. I think the, the most important thing, at least from an educational standpoint on this, for anybody listening, is that so the 23, 24, and 25 draft picks cannot be traded until the league year starts, which is next Wednesday, I believe, uh, March 15th. And then 2026 draft picks cannot be traded until the night of the draft. So nothing can officially happen until next Wednesday, which was my guess at when something actually does get announced. Um, but that is the thing to keep in the back of your mind. If this does go on until draft night, somebody else can either up their offer or expand the deal to include 2026 draft capital. And then you're looking at a possibility of, of it actually costing three first round picks or, you know, two first round picks and capital in that 26 draft. So something to keep in mind, that's why you want to get this done early and you don't want this to keep lingering on and the asking price to potentially expand more. I doubt it would, but that's, you never know when teams get desperate on draft night. Right. And, for people saying that Chicago won't go to nine, well, we have the best package to offer them with in terms of it's going to cost the most first. And at nine, you still are in play for the best offensive tackle in the draft. You're probably in play for the best corner in the draft, both needs for the Bears. So they will go to nine. It's just a matter of if we're going to ante up the picks. Yeah, if you get enough capital, it doesn't matter. They'll go back as far as they got to. It's yep. – as long as it's worth it, the juice is worth the squeeze. They're going to go back and and they're just going to keep accumulating because they're in it for the long term. I mean, they got their quarterback situation resolved. Um, they just need to put some pieces around them. You know, if they could stop trading, you know, the first pick of the second round for Chase Claypool, then you know that'd help them too. But hey, Ryan Pole's trying to learn from his mistakes, and we're trying to correct ours. Uh, guys, we've been for an hour and a half or hour and fifteen minutes. Let's wrap this up a little bit. Any uh, any remarks before we get out of here? Um, free agency starts next Wednesday. So going to be an interesting next next week, especially with the, the Lamar Jackson situation. Uh, what happens with the number one pick and then obviously heading into uh, free agency? Resign Bradley Bozeman. That's all I got. Yeah, get that done. Get that Priority done. One. Get that done. Yep. Um, nothing. I think we really, you know, hit it all tonight that we could possibly um, just – putting some draft stuff together um, some more combine stuff for people that aren't QBs um, some more draft stuff for people that aren't QBs. Um, I think if a trade gets done, we'll have more clarity on all that and where we, what range we're going into, but yeah, just, you know, stay by your phones and keep those noties on. It's going to be, uh, should be some breaking stuff in the next week or two. Yeah. 
barring uh, any trade over the next week before we are able to record another episode, we'll start looking at our graph coverage and start breaking down some position groups. Um, so we'll put that together for you starting next week. Uh, depending on what day we get together to record, we'll, we may have some free agency news uh, to report back on, some free agency signings. I don't know if things are going to go as quickly as they have in years past or if it's going to be a slower approach. We'll see what shakes out. Um, great time. Enjoyed it, guys. Uh, if you're listening still, great time to go ahead and subscribe. Uh, leave us some feedback, five-star ratings, please. That stuff goes a long ways. We'll be back with you guys next week. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you.